You may love a thing that I can't stand Spiders, tofu, watching Homeland Our interests are all varying It's fun to be contrarian But I'll try things that you all love To see if I can rise above But maybe there's a chance that I just won't So in that case, don't mind if I don't Welcome to Don't Mind If I Don't. Hey, I'm your host, Aaron Gold. This is the show where I don't like things, and then fans and experts of those things get me to calm down and realize my true inner self, and I uh, expand my consciousness and uh, attain godhood. We're doing meditation today, and joining me are two lovely meditation enthusiasts. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's a word. First up is improv teacher and meditation enthusiast. You know what? I think that's a typo. Anyway, Lewis Kornfeld's here. Hi. Hey, Lewis. How are you? I'm good, thank you. It's enthusiast. Is it? It's missing the I. I kind of like mine better. I mean, ultimately, you conveyed your meaning. I did. Also, enthusiast looks like one of the possible names for the devil. Yeah. Just looking at it. I'm going to stop. Also joining us is musical improviser and regular old meditator, Kiki Mickelson. Hi. Hi. That was musical improv. (laughs) (laughs) We did it. We did it. I didn't realize it was that accessible. It truly is. Also, you did a half marathon today. I did. True story. Brooklyn half. And you seem not like exhausted and angry like I think I would be. I, I am neither exhausted. Well, I'm a little exhausted. I'm not angry. And I'm also sitting right now. Wait, wait until I get up and it's very slow. <laughs> what was your corral? Um, I was in wave two, corral I. Good corral. Oh, hell yeah. What? Wait, hold on. We're, we'll get to meditation in a second. What's a corral? Um, it's uh, where they put you before the start of the race. And it's based on your um, like previous times. My normal NYRR corral is not I, however. It's just for the Brooklyn half. They're different. Oh. I'm usually a K for Kiki. <laughs> uh, K is still pretty good. K, I mean, A, it's not L. And God bless L, too. Yup. Yup. <laughs> My name starts with an A. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron, do good? <laughs> Aaron, do good job. Yay. Good job, Aaron. So today we're talking about meditation. The... Thing. It's really hard to describe meditation. Mm. Well, everything on the show gets rated on a scale of zero, which is my ambivalence, to negative 10, which is blood-curdling hatred. Meditation. Uh, and this is how I feel about me meditating. I don't, I don't have a number for other people meditating because live your fucking life. I don't care. But for me personally, I'd say meditation clocks in at a negative three. Mm. Okay. I want to like it. I want to be good at it, but it's very boring and mind-numbing and frustrating. Mm. Mm. So how do you possibly... How often do you both meditate? Um, If I am in a good space, meditation for me is the same as other self-care practices, uh, like exercising and like eating well and um, just like general taking care of myself. Um, I, I really think of it as like my like brain exercises. Hmm. Um, so if I'm like doing good, it's every day, like just a little bit, like 10 to 15 minutes every day. And I know like that I'm not feeling great. And that's a practice I need to like put back in. If I like haven't, if I've been missing a lot, if I look and I'm like, wow, I really haven't done it in a week. Then I'm like, okay, um, something's off. So you notice that something that you don't feel your normal happy. Yeah. And it's, I think it's just because it's like something that I've identified as something like, it's not, it's not even like that meditation makes me happy, but it's like, um, it's a promise that I've made to myself. And so executing that makes me happy if that makes sense. And it like, it lines up with all these other things that I'm like, okay, I'm good. Like I'm in a good space if I'm doing X, Y, and Z. That, that makes sense to me. And like I, I get that, like the the brain points going off of I set a goal and I did it, hooray! But like if to me it's just like if the the goal is to do brain exercises, I'm gonna spend it doing a crossword puzzle mm. or something fun. Well, why do you want to like meditation? Um, I've got a lot of anxiety, mm-hmm. uh, and like my 
my world's, you know, been a little rocked since uh, my mom died, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm still trying to get to my new normal and uh, find ways to just like be okay being by myself, just doing nothing. And again, just I get a lot of anxiety attacks. Mm-hmm. So I think this would be good for me to get better at. But every time I try, about a minute in, I'm like, oh, my God, anything else. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I reach my limit so quickly. What does it mean to try meditating? What do you, how do you do that? Uh, well, what I tend to do is I will sit somewhere comfortable with my legs crossed and uh, just kind of uh, take deep breaths in through my nose, out through my mouth, um, and just kind of allow my mind to think of nothing. And if a thought does come in, uh, like Eli Bosnick from uh, the the grieving episode uh, recommended, I've started acknowledging the thoughts and going like, hey, random thought, welcome to the party, and then letting it move on. Mm-hmm. But my brain is often like going um, oh, just a mile a minute and not to anything like substantial, but it's just like, Oh man, I wonder how much of the Avengers I can recreate the script for from memory right now. Let's go. Mm-hmm. And the answer is more than any adult should. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm, I'm trying to achieve. How, how about, uh, how often do you meditate Lewis? And what, what does it do for you? I will, uh, I aspire to do, to practice formal meditation every day, at least half an hour a day, which is concentrated seated meditation. Is that um, the thing I rec- just said or is that? Yeah. Or, 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 okay. Yeah. And then uh, informal meditation, I will try to do as often as I possibly can. Basically any moment, any moment of downtime I have, I'll use it to practice. What is informal meditation? Formal meditation is adopting a, um, a very specific seated posture. And uh, it's what you think of probably when you think of meditating. Eyes open or eyes closed, but you're really concentrating on your breath and trying to still your mind and all that stuff. Informal meditation is just you're going about your day and you have a moment and you kind of let your mind rest in that moment. You're not really, you're not adopting any kind of particular thing. You don't have a start or an end to it. You're just kind of taking a moment to let your mind rest where it is. Oh, you just did it right now. Mm -hmm. We just saw it. Yeah. Wow. It looked like you were staring into my soul, but you were just nothing. I was probably doing it wrong then (laughs) because it shouldn't look that way. Do you use a mantra or do you just? No, I have. And uh, it, 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 do you? Yeah. Um, the, I started meditating with an app called, um, one giant mind, Mm -hmm. which, um, and so I also like, have been exposed to meditation my whole life because I have an uncle who is... Um, He's one giant mind. He is one giant mind. It's crazy. He's a <laughs> floating head. Um, no, he has been meditating um, in the transcendental meditation tradition since the 60s. He went to... There was like a TM college for mm. a period of time that he went to, and he's meditated every single day for like 40-something years. Jesus. And it's just like like growing up, like when my aunt and uncle and cousin would like come to visit us, like he takes like his... 40 minutes or whatever in the afternoon he meditates. Um, and anyway, when I started using this app, I like showed it to him and he like went through it and said, Oh yeah, this is basically like a 20, um, what was this? 2016, like a 2016, 2017 version of TM. Mm-hmm. Um, it just in that it like you use a mantra. Mm-hmm. So you're not clearing your brain necessarily. You're saying a mantra to yourself in your, which I find easier. I I've tried to just like think of, Nothing. And it's the same concept of like you're saying this mantra over and over and sort of like letting a tempo develop. And then if other thoughts come in, you acknowledge them and you're like, okay. And then you just gently return to the mantra. Can like I ask you what your like, mantra is? Um, so I just use the one that they tell you to use in this app, which is aham, which means um, I am. Um, I think when you take like hmm. formal transcendental meditation classes with like a certified TM, whatever. Um, they give you a mantra and I'm not sure how that's like assigned. And I know that you're not supposed to say what yours is. When oh, it's like, did I just no, no, completely no. fuck you up? No, 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 because this is like an app. So okay. it's just the same one for everybody. So we're just fucking over that app. Great. Yeah. You have the app. Yeah. But you can, you can have the app and that would be the mantra you would get too. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, I know, I know that like if you go and you like take classes or whatever, they assign you one based on your like vibration. I don't know. Well, now I have a lot of questions about vibration. Uh, what is transcendental meditation? It's just, it's just that. So it's like a way method, like a way of doing it that uses a mantra. Hmm. And it, uh, there's not like a specific posture needed. And yeah, I mean, I'm not an expert in that. I don't necessarily know a lot. I, I know that, um, it got big in like the sixties. The Beatles studied transcendental meditation. That's like that. That's like that mm-hmm. time of the Beatles was very TM influenced. Every time you say TM, I think trademark. Mm-hmm. Transcendental meditation. I, I'm adjusting it now on the yeah. fly, but it, it's 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 effort. David Lynch is very into transcendental meditation <sighs> and wrote a decent book about it. You had to mention David Lynch. Where is he? Like a negative four, negative five, negative eight. Yeah, okay. Ooh, David Lynch is one of the few topics I've done multiple episodes on, and both times I was like, "No, I was right. I hate this." And it, <laughs> the the number got lower both times. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I I respect him as a man, but. Fuck Mulholland Drive. Oh, my God. I hate that movie. You should, you should read the book Lynch on Lynch and see if it changes your mind a little bit. That sounds incestuous. Lynch on Lynch? Yeah. It's, yeah, it, it's, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> no, uh, go ahead. How clean is this show? No, Lynch, it's a series of conversations with David Lynch. It's it, him and talking about his process and how he makes movies and how he thinks about stuff. And it's pretty interesting. I might. I've never used the term hate read, but I think I would hate read that <laughs> yeah. and and very much find some sort of fulfillment. Yeah, give it a shot. All right. Hate read. I I um you, one thing I would say about meditation is it is very much like brushing your teeth or showering. Yeah. There's a, a an aspect to it. It's not it's not really a very special feeling thing. It's more of a maintenance thing, which means mm. that just like brushing your teeth or showering, you can skip it. But uh, you kind of notice the difference when you skip it. And it's a little bit more about kind of keeping yourself tidy than having any kind of spectacular experience. That's really interesting. Because when I think of showering and and brushing my teeth, like I do it for myself so I can feel awake and like a human being. Mm -hmm. But if I skip one of those, uh, it's not like I feel off. It's I'm so afraid someone else will notice Mm -hmm. and it will affect somebody else. Like I don't want anyone to go like, Oh, Aaron, can you like breathe farther away from my nose? Like that, that sounds like a horror story come to life for Mm -hmm. me. So I can't, it's hard for me to like compare those two because I don't think anybody's going to look at me and go like, Aaron, you don't seem centered emotionally today. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I would say if I go a couple of days without brushing my teeth or showering, Um, I will certainly be self-conscious about how I'm coming across to the people, but I'll also having that taste in my mouth and, and yeah. feeling kind of sweaty Sticky. and gross. I, it, I will feel less dignified <laughs> and, uh, it's really, and, and, and less competent. And so I'll be more inclined to sloppy thinking. I'll be more inclined towards a low self-opinion. I'll be more inclined to feeling general malaise. You know, there's just like a little bit of like, you have to work to maintain yourself to to kind of keep your dignity together. And you got to do it physically so your body doesn't get out of, out of control. You know, your body's your vessel in this life. So you yeah. got to kind of keep it in good working order. And mentally and emotionally too, of, of finding ways to kind of keep the room tidy, not letting get so messy in there that it becomes just a pile of, uh, a pile of built up crap that I need to deal with. Yeah, I find that all of the, those things like lead to one another for me. Um, like, and when I start letting, letting the ones that feel the easiest to let go, which sometimes meditation is one of those, um, or like, like making the bed, like it's like, it's like a little, such a little thing that sets a tone of like, what, what, what kind of day am I going to have? Mm -hmm. And it's like, they, they all build on top of each other in either direction, like letting them slide. I'm going to let more of them slide building on top of them. I'm going to do more of them. That's okay. That really resonates with me because in the mornings, the, the days I make my bed, it's never like, okay, great. I did that. It's always a gift for future Aaron mm-hmm. to just come home and go like, Oh, look at that. My room is pristine. Yes. Can relax a little bit, but that's not something that like 
clocks in or even registers to Aaron in the, the current moment. Which I, yeah, it when you make your bed, even when you come home at night and you're mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, I remember to make my bed. It's not that you feel elated. You, you just are like, oh, it's a peaceable feeling. Yes. Of, I don't have to screen out this mess. Your brain spends so much power screening out the shit that you don't want to deal with and you feel tired. <laughs> You know, Mm -hmm. so when your brain doesn't have to screen it out because your environment is fairly tidy, the feeling, it's a calm feeling that some people call it joy. But I think when you talk about joy and happiness and meditation, it's a little bit confusing because it's not like, ha ha, I'm so happy. It's just kind of a a very calm, peaceful, clear, like, okay, I'm, I'm, it's not, it's, it's the same way as when you're very healthy physically, Mm -hmm. your body's not really talking to you that much. You don't mm-hmm. feel lit up. You just don't really feel much of anything. It's only when you're sick that you're suddenly very aware of my belly or whatever. It's kind of mentally the same thing. I'm just kind of not, uh, there's not a lot of noise going on. And that happens when you come home and are like, oh, there's no dishes in my sink. It, past Lewis, oh. past Lewis helped future Lewis out by washing the dishes this morning. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's an interesting way of approaching it. And it's like none of these things are fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> No, really, it's true. <laughs> like, it's not fun. Like, and I, I don't, I, I mean, I have had in the, like, three or so years that I've been meditating regularly, I've had, like, less than a handful of, like, I've had a few moments where I, like, really kind of, like, felt something, like, weird happen mm-hmm. or, like, exciting-ish. But, like, it's not it's not fun in any, like, traditional sense of the word. And, like, the same thing with running, which I think of as, like, a physical meditation sometimes, like like a moving meditation. It's, like, it's not fun. <laughs> but I, I do it because I like to have done it. So you're doing it for the sense of completion when you're done. And for the knowledge. Like sex. Sex is fun. I don't. What? I don't find sex fun. <laughs> yeah, no, it's clinical. It's a chore. Yeah. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but to, it, to to piggyback on that, it, not to get too boring and technical with it, but no, um, let's do it. Let's let's fucking hit the rubber to the other rubber. Mm-hmm. There, there's an element. One of the things that separates human beings from other animals is our ability to detach from the present and look at long-term consequences of things. So we have a wider range of available choices over the course of our lives than our fellow mammals do because our fellow mammals basically are hardwired to do more of the things that feel good. And if that's true, then why do bears hibernate? Boom. I don't know, but I don't, what's the relevance of that? (laughs) I don't, I just, I, it's hard for me to imagine a bear going like, okay, for no reason at all, I want to eat a lot of food and then sleep for, see well but but that they're they're synced into their environment right they live in environments where there's not much food to be had for several months so they've evolved to a point where they don't need to eat they just rest the entire time and conserve their energy shit you out bear science to me we're yeah but the the point is so like the other animals we're hardwired to do more of the things that feel good right now and avoid the things that feel bad right now but the difference is we live in an environment that we've mostly created for ourselves where the things that can satisfy us are readily available at all times. Mm. And we don't really have a lot of things like hunting us. So we live in a human environment where we're responsible for making certain choices for our, our own long-term benefit and the benefit of our long-term surrounding community because that community is the community we live in. So if we make good choices for that community, we make good choices for our future selves. We have the human part of our brain that's capable of making good future choices. But then the animal part of our brain, which is a the part that tends to control things more because it's older, that just wants to do the things that feel good right now and mm-hmm. avoid the things that don't. And um, so I, one of the books I read was talking about how like there's a part of us, a part of your own ego is just the enjoyer. It's just the part that wants to enjoy and gets irritable when it's not able to enjoy and also gets irritable when it does enjoy because whatever you're enjoying is going to go away and then you got to find more things to enjoy. I, ju- I think I might be completely ego. Well, we all are. Okay. We all are. But one thing that meditation does is it strengthens connections in the front part of the brain so that you you, you don't do it to feel great. You don't do it to feel terrible. You just do it. You do it to 
to detach yourself from the constant need to be driven entirely by the enjoyer. Because the enjoyer is only going to do stuff that feels good now and avoid the stuff that feels shitty now, but is invariably going to shirk responsibilities that will improve your life tomorrow. Mm. Yeah. That I'm re-examining my entire life through this conversation, and I did not anticipate doing that. So is it like a negative two now or a uh, negative one? No, Where are we? I, oh, if anything, I'm bitter about it. It's oh negative five. <laughs> yeah. Um you guys say that it doesn't like necessarily elicit the good feelings, but there have been times when I have su- done a successful meditation uh, where I kind of get to this part where like I feel fuzzy all over. Like I kind of, mm-hmm. I, I, it, it feels like that feeling when you're not by a lake, but you're by a large body of water that you can't see the end and everything is just calm. Mm-hmm. What is that? I'm assuming I did a good meditation those times. But. Well, I think you're also um, like qualifying it too hmm. much. Like I, um, like a successful meditation is a, one that you did. Um, not like uh, there's not like good ones and bad ones really. Like I think it's 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 just you 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 did it. Like if you sat down and you did ten minutes, even if like your brain was on like kooky crazy the entire time and you never really were able to quiet down or whatever it is like you still did it and you still can like check that box in terms of your like mental hygiene so Um, is meditation the act of sitting there and just being present or is it the the thing that you achieve that you have meditated you reached meditation uh, neither fuck <laughs> you don't really achieve anything with it. I mean, I guess long term, you're rewiring your brain. You're, you're, you're learning how to rewire your brain to to be a generally happier, better functioning person. Yeah. But the the results of any individual session aren't really the point of it exactly. Yeah, and that's it. So it's like the use of the word like successful mm-hmm. or like saying that like good ones versus bad ones. I think it's like that's not the way to think about this particular practice like uh at least for for me like um it's it's more just like uh if there are no bad ones then how do i know when i should feel guilty mm, that's an interesting question yeah Mm -hmm. you should meditate on that (laughs) (laughs) what one of the things that you meditation is about is you just sit and you watch stuff come and go in your field of experience your field of experience includes your physical sensations what's happening in your organic body, how you're feeling in your belly. It includes your emotions and your feelings and and your thoughts and your daydreams and all that stuff. And you just kind of watch all that stuff come and go. You watch guilty thoughts come and then be replaced by horny thoughts. And then you watch horny thoughts be replaced by angry the guilty thoughts. thoughts again. And it's just a yeah. cycle of those two until yeah. eventually you realize that you've been sitting for 25 minutes and you're just, there's no consistency to any of them. The, that those thoughts are a little bit like clouds in the sense of from a distance, they look like these shapes, but when you get closer to them, they just kind of dissolve. If you've flown into a cloud or a very yeah. foggy day, there's no shape to it at all. It just disperses. And that happens over time when you sit, like guilt, for example. Guilt feels like a really big thing when you're trying to repress it and avoid it and transform it. But when you just let it, you just watch it come and then watch it go and watch it come and watch it go, it, it begins to lose its grip on you. It's there. It doesn't go away, but it doesn't, it, it has less of a grip. I think the same thing, like you, you've, you said that like you've been, um, having like anxiety and I think it's the same, like meditation has the potential to help with that in the same way that you can like acknowledge that you're having like anxious thoughts and then you just acknowledge that you're having anxious thoughts and like sit with it and realize that it doesn't have the power. Your thoughts are just your thoughts and they don't have the power to to change you and they will like come and go and they'll pass and they'll change. And, um, like something that I, I think that I have learned or gotten, uh, like an understanding of through meditation is, is that not only do I have the control, like, Hmm. uh, like I, my, I don't know, my like higher self has, has the control and the ability to like, 
acknowledge and just like let things be like I don't have to have a thought and then it like blows up and consumes me and oh my god like I like it just doesn't it doesn't have the power to do that it's just the thought it's not a reality it's just a thought I'm noticing something uh the way you guys talk about meditation um part of the reason I wanted you guys for this was one you're both comedians and I felt like when we're getting to something this very literally heady. Uh, I, I, I understand it coming from comedians better and I can connect to that better. The other reason is that I consider you both very successful. Like you're both doing great for yourselves. My God, I'm the hallmark of your success. No, not the hallmark, oh, but you're up there. God, I'm an improv teacher. You're doing the thing you love. <laughs> oh, I guess that's true. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like that's, for me, that's, that's always just been the goal. Like it's not, uh, fame would help things, but the goal is just, Make a living being able to support myself and my friends and family by having fun. Yeah. And just constantly in engaging the, the joy full part, but finding a way to make progress out of it. And I'm very type A in, in like every day that I am doing things, I have my list of things for the day. You want results. I, I, I that's how I know how to process these things. Yeah. Like I did a thing, that thing is done, moving on. I would offer this. To that because you know i've read things of like well the problem is expecting results and so when you free yourself from expectations then you'll be a happier person oh is, that's so tough it is and it's and it's horseshit too because it, one of the things that your brain does is you process and you create expectations and you desire results for things why would we ever do anything if we didn't want good results out of it oh. so, to, so to suggest that you got to like weed that out of yourself to be a happier person is to suggest that the only way to be a happy person is to stop being a person at all it's bullshit that I feel so vindicated for hearing that. But what I would suggest is this. You have control over two things. You have control over what you can do. You don't have control over the outcome of what you do. But you have control over how you react to the outcome of what you do. And hmm. so any results that you're expecting, any expectation that you have of a situation, before you execute what you're about to do, I think it's useful to just visualize that there are four possible outcomes at all times. Either, either your expectations will be met, the opposite of your expectations will be met, your expectations will be met, and then some, more than you expect, or something totally different is going to happen. One of those four things will definitely be the outcome. And you have choice in how you respond to those. But I think if for every choice that you make, you just remind yourself about those four possibilities, you take some of the guilt off yourself from feeling like there's a problem with being type A, but you also inc um, make yourself less miserable because anger and misery are going to come from when the results that you want don't happen and then you get frustrated. But if you kind of bake in more possibilities, then you have more choices to navigate the situation and you become less kind of tightly gripped to one outcome that you want that that really resonates with me um and it ties to uh probably the best lesson in acting i ever learned from tj mannix uh there are three possible thoughts you can have when you go into an audition i need this which will just make you seem desperate and not put you in your best headspace please save me which see results from option number one and uh let's dance and ever since i i started saying to myself whenever i enter an audition room my job is not to book it my job is to leave the room feeling proud of what i did one i started to book more uh and two i it's so easy for me to brush off an audition good or bad now mm -hmm. but i am actively going like okay my goal for when i enter that room I'm going to have fun for me. And if it syncs up with what they're looking for, great, I just booked a job. If not, well, at least I'll they'll know I'm talented and they'll my, they'll keep me in mind. Mm -hmm. So how can I am is there a way I can kind of like add that towards meditation cuz I am very results oriented. I know that we're not looking for any short-term results or long-term for that. Well, I guess long-term, yeah. Well, I also think I I uh, along with attaching results to meditation, I think it's a misnomer to say that meditation is emptying your mind of thoughts. It, it let yourself think. It's, you know, watch yourself think. Uh, talk to yourself while you're meditating. In fact, I think you have to kind of talk to yourself a little bit before you meditate. You got to kind of set your mind in the right place and have like a little chat. So you're going to sit and you're going to meditate and there's going to be a million thoughts coming to your head. Don't ignore them. 
don't try to pretend like they're not there or try to push them mm-hmm. away or because then you get angry that you're thinking mm-hmm. and then the anger leads to frustration and then you get really bored and one minute feels like an hour and you hate this <laughs> and you don't want to do it. Let yourself. Now think. you're singing my tune. If your style of thinking is you begin to daydream about, you know, what you want out of the day, daydream. And then as you're daydreaming, remind yourself, daydream, daydream the results that I want. Now daydream what happens if I don't get it. Now daydream what happens if I get too much of it. Now daydream what happens if a completely arbitrary thing happens over the course of the day. Let yourself daydream. Satisfy that. And then as it becomes satisfied, you'll find you are like less agitated about it. And then when you're less agitated, let the thoughts just come and go. Then you let go. Then you let go of the grip and you just kind of watch yourself sitting for a little bit. That sounds like the most stressful minute of my life. Oh, that'll take more than a minute. Mm-hmm. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, I think it's Im- it's important not to like go into it and have thoughts and be like, oh my God, fuck, I'm thinking. Oh, shit. And like <laughs> that, it's just like, it's saying, oh, yep. Yep. yep and then like, there. you know, so I use a mantra. So then I'm like, okay, I'm going to think about the mantra again. Sometimes I um, literally have think, okay, back to the mantra. And then I'm thinking again, like, you know, so sometimes I, maybe in a 10 minute meditation, I think the mantra like three times. Like, <laughs> I like it's just it's just it's dependent on the day. But like somebody said, meditation is reminding yourself to meditate. <laughs> yeah, that that's that's it. Yeah, that sounds like a David Lynch movie in a quote. <laughs> oh, I hate it <laughs> here. But it, most of what you think of as your thoughts are just mental habits. They're memories and habits that are just kind of running automatically. Mm. And um, which is why it's you don't want to just be led to do the things that feel good and avoid the things that feel bad because those are now memories run rampant in your system that are trying to direct you to relive things that are in your past that aren't going to happen again and try to avoid bad things from your past that most certainly will happen again. And so you end up living a very, you're living a life that's not dependent on your own choices for yourself. And so you start to feel a little bit powerless because you kind of feel like you're being blown around emotionally by forces that are out of your control. And they're just habits. I mean, I feel that all the time. Yeah. And so you can replace bad habits with better habits, but it takes work. It's like exercise. You can't expect to build muscles if you don't actually do exercise. And it sucks. And it sucks. <laughs> yeah. This sounds terrible. It like sucks. it sounds I mean, like it'd be like, good, but yeah, it, there, there's a lot of parallels with, with running for me. And like it, in the same way, like I also try not to judge, um, the quality of any individual run. Um, hmm. because it's like, it's the, it's the overtime, it's the accumulation, accumulation of them, of the miles. But like if I have one shitty four mile run, I could, I, I could like let myself get all in my head about it and, and, oh, I never want to do it again. And it was so miserable. Or I can just like put on my shoes and go out the next day and just like keep going. And, and that it's, it feels similar to me that like the, the quality of any one or any like even group of them doesn't, doesn't really matter. It's like the fact of the doing of it is the important part. So it, it sounds like this is, sounds like part of getting great meditation habits is to make it routine Mm -hmm. like okay so uh what's what's your what are both of your meditation routines like when do you do it how how do you get ready for it uh your i'm assuming the 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 big the big meditations that you do lewis not the uh when you just do whenever i usually meditate in the morning first thing in the morning when i get up usually my my delightful wife megan gray goes for a run for about 40 minutes and when she goes to run i have a cushion and i'll uh set up the cushion and sit on the floor and Hmm. uh, close my eyes and uh, i'll continue sitting there until megan comes home i if she's not around i'll set an alarm but i hate i hate I hate an alarm going off when I'm meditating. It irritates me. Mm-hmm. So I'll use her as the cue. So usually it'll be 30 or 40 minutes while she's running. Huh. And uh, I'll sit usually with my eyes closed and uh, I'll just watch. I'll watch myself watching myself. <laughs> sometimes I'll do a mantra. Sometimes I won't. It kind of depends. On different days, you find different things have different effects and you can totally experiment with them and try it out. But that'll be like usually every day, 30 minutes or 40 minutes or so. Hmm. And in the mornings. In the mornings. You wake up. Sit down and then just do it. And then after that, shower and breakfast. Yeah, brush my teeth so I don't have that gross taste in my mouth and sit and meditate. Maybe I'll have a cup of coffee beforehand. Okay. How about you, Kiki? Um, I usually, I don't have like any one set time. I sort of like, 
So I find that one pretty consistent effect that I do get, like physical uh, effect that I get from meditation is um, for me, it's like a concentrated nap feeling mm-hmm. like um like a like a 10 to 15 minute meditation i feel as refreshed after it as i would after a longer nap so um i like to do it when i'm like um like mid midday like around like lunchtime um or like in the afternoon take like a 15 minute break and and do that because i work from home now oh. um i've done it like very consistently for a long time like on morning commutes um, which sounds like hard, but, um, I mean, isn't cause it's in the same way, like, um, that you just accept like your thoughts and you acknowledge them and like, that's, they're happening. It's like the same thing with like outside noise. So like, I'm just like, yeah, this is what's happening right now. If there's like somebody on the train talk, whatever. Yeah. Because I, I just feel really refreshed after, um, nearly like probably like 90% of the time, I guess sometimes I don't, but so I, I do it at a time where I, um, would rather have a nap <laughs> is my point. Can you walk me through how you do a commute on the subway? Because, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. How do you do a commute on the subway? There's these things called metro cards. What? Uh, no. Pretty self-explanatory. Uh, how do you do your meditation on the subway? Because I like I use my transit time as generally, I guess, something akin to meditation. That's my me time. That's my time. You could be my best friend in the world. I don't like riding the subway with you. That's my time to put on my headphones, block out the world, uh, listen to a podcast and play a game on my phone and just kind of be. Yeah, it's it's that. Um, I, I I can't do it standing, but as long as I can get a seat, and I live like pretty far out on the end line, so usually if I'm going into the city, I can get uh, a seat. And then my the One Giant Mind app has um, a timer, and I just use that. And there's like a little bit of um like music it's like music but it's not music um, it's music <laughs> yeah but like even less than that it's almost just like ambient sound hmm. and then the guy who um he's, he's an australian guy and he's the one that like takes you through the like course at the beginning and there's like a little thing at the top of it where he's like you take three deep breaths and um and then he says i'll let you know when it's time to come out And I just, and I say, okay, I got you. And then there's a little bell at the end. And I can set um, 10, 15, 20, or 30 minute meditations, I think, with that, this app. That sounds a bit charming. It's completely charming. I, I love this app. It's free and they have a 30 day um, like challenge when you start it. And they just teach you the basics and like it approved by my long time transcendental meditating uncle he was like i think this is a really great modern way to like introduce people to this method and uh yeah one giant mind it's this like australian guy and he teaches you like the basics of it i mean it's simple but you do it for 30 days and i i think maybe it would be worth like setting yourself a challenge like that whether it's that or i know a lot of people have used headspace Mm -hmm. um i tried that i wasn't like super into it but I tried Headspace very briefly and I was like, I don't think meditation apps are for me, but I think One I Giant need, Mind sounds really good. Yeah. I think I need my um, meditation app instructor to be Australian and not <laughs> British. I think that was the difference for me. Yeah. Australians like a less condescending form of British. <laughs> yeah. Because that guy's British, right? On Headspace. I'm I don't sure know. I know he's condescending. Yeah. But that's it. No, this guy, I can't remember his name. I'll let you know. When it's probably Nigel. <laughs> probably. They're all named nine. Yeah, right? I had a teacher who said that uh, you don't learn how to swim when you're at a at a storm at sea. You learn how to swim in calm conditions so that Ooh. when you're at a storm at sea, you can you can get through it. And I think it's similar with meditation. One of the reasons why you practice formally is in kind of ideal, quiet, calm, the kind of cliche of meditation, relaxed situation, so that you can build up the strength and endurance to be able to do it even when you're riding the subway with someone who is talking to you who you don't want to be talking to where you're able to keep up a conversation with this person and participate and be meditating at the same time. Okay. Okay. Hold on one fucking second. I was about ready to wrap up this episode, but now, okay. So you can like meditate while you're having a conversation with something that sounds, you you can meditate technically while you're doing anything. Follow up question. What? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Fair follow up answer, but like, Still, what? Like, I don't. Okay, so what defines a meditation? So, if you think of like, um, your mind is always kind of leaning towards things. Yeah. Whatever I want, my mind is leaning towards. 
And if you think of like leaning towards, that means your mind is also leaning away from something as well, right? So if I'm, if I'm, if I'm like leaning towards me time on the train, it means I'm simultaneously leaning away from having my time taken up by, by a student who wants to talk to me on the train. Normally, I only pay attention to the thing that I want. I look at where I'm leaning and I avoid the thing in the background. But if you open your attention up and you kind of include both of them, anytime I'm leaning towards something, I'm leaning away from another thing. And I don't see one as good or one as bad. I just see that they go together. If I want one thing, I don't want the other thing. So if I'm talking to someone and I'm hating this conversation and I register, I want to get away from this conversation. I don't like that you're keeping eye contact with me as you say these things. <laughs> I'm just talking to you. I know. <laughs> I am also trying to keep in mind the opposite of that thing too. I hate this. I want this other thing. And I'm not trying to choose or get to the thing that I want. I'm just watching my mind lean, but I'm not watching what it's leaning towards. I'm watching the whole picture. I'm leaning towards this. I'm leaning away from that. And I'm here talking to you right now. That's just a fact. I'm not trying to change it. I'm not trying to get it to stop leaning. I'm not trying to be perfectly serene. I'm not trying to suppress my own feelings of irritation. Uh, I'm not trying to be a good listener. I'm just watching. This is the fact of this particular situation, and I don't have to do anything about it. That, to me, would then be a meditation. When, because then, when I see that whole picture, I can rest my mind right there. I'm not spending my time wishing I'm out of the situation. I just mm -hmm. accept this is it. This is where I am. And so I don't have to layer on top of it this extra line of dialogue of how do I change this? I don't have to change anything. This is it. It's here. And then in a little while, it's going to be gone, just like everything else. So this is another event for me to watch come and watch go. Huh. And then it becomes a meditation. That's how I think of um, running sometimes as a meditation, that it's just like an acceptance of the current situation. And it's uh, um, it's just saying like, yep, this is what I'm doing. It's I'm going to get through this. I'm going to like complete this. And it's just like being in the moment as opposed to a, some, sometimes when I run, I need to like be out of it yeah. just to get through, you know, uh, but instead it's saying it's like actually being, it's really being in it and, uh, and it's like accepting the full like experience of it. And I think acceptance too does not mean coming to peace with it either. I mean, in a way it does, but it, not the kind of peace where suddenly I accept it so much that I no longer hate this or love it. I, 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 for me, the experience is much more of accepting what's happening right now as a fact. Mm -hmm. I'm yeah, also agreed. accepting the fact that I wish something else was happening. So it's just being noticing where you are in relativity to existence. Noticing and the fact of this particular experience you're having, including your wishes and your fears. Normally, we just live dominated by our wishes or our fears. Anxiety is predominantly being dominated by our fears and screening out the wishes that are on the other side of it. Hopeful thinking is being dominated. Most of our waking consciousness is living in hopeful thinking and screening out the <laughs> things that don't support it. And you know, um, But when you start to become aware of like, all right, I don't want wishes or fears to dominate my choices. I can't get rid of them. They're built into me because I'm an animal and that's evolution put that into the animals to get us to do things to ensure our survival. So it's there. So I'm not trying to wish it away or get to a place where I'm no longer, I'm fearless or I have no wants anymore. That's all horseshit. You just watch yourself wanting things and you watch yourself afraid of things and you watch yourself having shitty opinions about other people and you watch yourself daydreaming and you watch yourself watching yourself have that stuff and you just accept it all as a fact and you're like, I'm not going to try to change this. It's just a fact. This is where I'm at right now and this will be over in a few moments too and then I'll be obsessing about the next thing over it. But the more you cultivate that habit of watching it, the less of a grip any of those obsessions have on your choices. I can choose to do certain things, but my choices aren't coming out of, I'm trying to get more of the stuff that makes me feel good and get less of the stuff that makes me feel bad. Instead, I'm making choices that are just kind of useful choices that will be kind of in everybody's best interests. Hmm. I'm choosing things outside of just what I want. You know what I mean? Like, And that also means if I'm riding this train with someone who's annoying the shit out of me, sometimes I will make the choice to continue the conversation. And it doesn't make me happy, but I know that it's going to not hurt this person's feelings. And I'm deliberately not hurting their feelings rather than I'm feeling emotionally compelled to make everybody happy. It's not I'm trying to make you happy because I'm in the habit of making people happy. I'm deliberately continuing a conversation because I don't want you to feel like shit right now. It's my choice. I chose to do it. And the moment this is over, I can forget about this experience and go home and enjoy my beer and, and my wife. My beer, my wife. My beer, my wife. My meditation. Simple pleasures. <laughs>
But does that you know does that make sense? That, this is making a lot of sense. It's not um, empty mindedness. No, no. I think that was the biggest thing for me to the biggest hurdle for me because I think I had a, an incorrect understanding of what meditation was and the desired result, mm-hmm. uh, and that. I, I think the big the big thing is that there is no desired result. It is by the act of doing it, you have already achieved desired result. You are aligning yourself with the fact of the matter as it already is. Instead of wishing reality to be different, you are simply looking at where you are right now and acknowledging this is this is really happening. You've got such a way with words. I feel like you're like a Zen lawyer. Like you can do these very. That's this, this such m- a great descriptor. Yeah, like the, this these mental gymnastics, but just very calm about them. And you also know big words. Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I got one last question. I know. I. I, I know. Focusing on the long term goals of meditation is not part of meditation. But like, if I'm going to, I'm a busy guy. If I'm going to take time out of my day every day to do a thing, it's it's got to be in service of something down the road. It's got to be something. So, what have you noticed in your lives change, either for the better or worse, since you started making meditation uh, a daily activity? Um, I have noticed that I don't feel as um. I don't feel as ruled by my thoughts. I feel hmm. like, um, or I, 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 that's, I mean, I guess that's, that's what I mean to say. Like, I, I think that I used to get stuck in, um, in thought spirals a lot, obsessive thinking, um, and depressive thinking and just like, just spiraling and circling around the same thought over and over and over again. And, um, what I feel like meditation has given me is the ability to say like, like to 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 take a step almost like above it and and say okay yep like great okay like this is what i'm thinking but um not f- but 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 be able to say thank you like goodbye yeah. and like move on past and then it'll come back and then i you know but it it's it's just given me a feeling of control over my own thoughts whereas i think um in my like early mid 20s i dealt with a lot of um of, of depression, like really serious depression and, um, some like OCD stuff. Um, not OCD stuff, OCD. Um, and, and I really think that meditation has been in addition to like therapy and lots of other things, like one of the tools that I've given myself to feel like I have control over these thoughts that used to feel like, like I had no control and they were just happening to me. Thoughts don't happen to me anymore. They they happen, but they don't happen to me. If that makes sense, would you say they happen with you, or or um, you just like they just they happen peacefully coexist with them like they're a roommate you only see sometimes. Yeah, they happen. Okay. Like I have obsessive, it's like the weather. Yeah, I have huh. obsessive thoughts and I have depressive thoughts. Like those are that's a part of my um, mental makeup, and it's just it is like and so like okay, but they don't. It's not happening to me. Like, yeah. It's just, it is. And then the other thing is, is the same thing in the last couple of years where I've made all these like big life changes. It's, um, it's the satisfaction of making a promise to myself and then keeping it is like a huge, like life hack that I feel like I really unlocked. And one of them was meditation. And so like that, I think like that is true satisfaction in life is like making a promise to yourself and keeping it. And that's how you like grow as a person and, um, feel good and it doesn't mean doing fun things and it doesn't mean doing all the pleasure things all the time. But like, that's truly how I feel like good as a person. Would you say it, it would be a fair assessment to say you're the thoughts that used to trouble you no longer hold the same power? Yes. Okay. That's true. That's something I can, I can make actionable. Yeah. And then also, yeah, like I was just saying, the just, just the fact of doing it, of saying, this is something I want to do, so I'm going to do it. And then like, check, did it. That satisfaction to me is like a huge that's that brings me joy in life. Like a like a quieter, all of my ups are not as uppy and my downs are not as downy anymore, but it's like a quiet steadiness. Yeah, there's this uh amazing serenity that I feel whenever like 
I, uh, my to-do list is in my calendar. Like I just set like, okay, from one to two is when I'm going to be tackling this, this task. And like, every time I get them done, I put a little check mark emoji in front of them. And there's this serenity that comes over me when I look at my day and see nothing but check marks. And I'm like, I set goals for myself and I did it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think I can just live in that post glow of, I, I kept this promise to myself today. Yeah, that's 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 the biggest lesson that I learned in the last couple of years is like that is happiness, in my opinion. I like that. How about you, Lewis? I would agree with everything that Kiki said. I would also add, I take things less personally. Um, things don't feel personal to me. Uh, and when they do, it, it's... I'm able to let it go much quicker than I used to. I don't hold on. And that's not only like I take other people less personally. I take situations less personally. I take my own thoughts less personally. I, I also find when I'm getting obsessive or crazy or or whatever, I'm just finding nothing but like ugly, hateful thoughts going through my head. It's sort of nothing personal. I'm just watching them come and watching them go. And it doesn't, I don't have to do anything about them. I don't have to fight it off and change this. It's an impersonal phenomenon. And so what happens is it's like bad thoughts are like a rainy day for me. It's like, well, it's Hmm. just the weather. This will pass. The weather isn't trying to hurt me or do anything. It's just what it does. My thoughts are just what they do. They pass. And then I'm in another better state of mind. So it, it, I agree with that thing of like, it's like looking at things from a higher vantage point and things that are problems on the ground level from high above look like, no, it's just the pattern of how things are going. It's just the pattern of street traffic. It's not a problem. So on like the better days, what happens, I, I will sometimes spontaneously have this sensation of watching my entire life as just a thing that's happening, which it's a hard thing to put that into words, but it, it, that's the closest I've come to what you're talking about, Kiki, about like, oh, having those like weird moments. Mm-hmm. It just kind of feels like... um this entire world is happening. No one can account for it. I am happening. No one can account for it. And I'm watching it. And it's not a personal phenomenon. It's just I'm in a privileged place to 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 know that it's happening, to see it. That really strikes a chord with me with grief. Mm-hmm. Uh, because uh, there there have been a couple people, a couple of my close friends have, have, have said like, oh, wow, you've taken your mom's death so well. And I'm like, Nah, <laughs> like it, it it happened, and I'm sad, but I have shit to do, and I can't just be sad all the time mm-hmm. because that's one not what she wants. Mm-hmm. She was very clear about that, and two, that's not going to bring me any peace. Mm-hmm. So I can acknowledge, like, okay, yeah, today is a day I I saw a commercial where someone said the words "I love you, mom," and that's going to be my mood for the next twelve hours. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's it's not a thing anyone did to me. It just happened. Mm-hmm. It's not a problem in me. I'm just healing. Mm-hmm. And, and feeling it is not a problem. And letting those feelings come and go is not a problem. You're not a bad person or a flawed person or a broken person for having those feelings. You're not more perfect when you suddenly don't grieve anymore. It's those feelings are appropriate and you let them happen. You don't try to stop them. But you also don't act them out either. Yeah. That's the other thing is certain people, we do the things that try to bring us back to a state of peacefulness. And so some people try to stay peaceful by repressing anything that feels bad, which is a huge mistake. And some people try to just get it out of their system and indulge it, thinking that that's going to get rid of it. Like anger, for example. Well, if I just punch a bunch of pillows, I'll be less angry. Yeah. But realistically, that's not what happens. What happens is when you indulge the feeling, you tend to feed it and then it becomes that much worse. But also you can't completely ignore it because then it'll just grow and keep tapping so on the you, shoulder. So you watch it and you let mm-hmm. it happen and you let it come and you let it go. It's like the weather. It's like the clouds. You just watch them. They just move and you're not moving them. You, you, If you're being perfectly honest, I don't know what's moving any of the things inside of me. I don't know how anything is happening inside <laughs> me. I'm not the boss of it. I'm just watching it happen and it comes and it goes. And I like the idea that it's a we, we are privileged to be able to acknowledge this, to, to see our own inner workings go. Well, that's the other interesting level of it, too, because when you do get quiet, you know, and you do, you're in that kind of peaceful state of mind where it's like, I'm just watching. Then you have these epiphanies of like, who's watching? Where's this watching happening? I'm watching. Yeah. But what do I mean by that exactly? How do I know that I'm alive? How do I know that I'm having these experiences? 
I know that I'm having experiences. That's the only fact I'm certain of in all of the universe. But what do I mean by that? And that's where things start to get really interesting. Yeah. Now we're talking about some metaphysical thinking mm-hmm. about my own thinking. And I love that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I find that I find that so entertaining. Uh, but we are coming to the end of this episode. Okay. So if I started at a negative three, meditation before this episode struck me as something that's like something I probably could get better at, but like also is it for me or, or is it worth it? And I, it feels like a practice and acceptance. And I think I need that right now. Like that, that sounds, you guys have made it sound really, really good and also really accessible. It is. It doesn't have to be um, like you can start really small. Like, yeah. like five minutes is better than zero minutes and like 10 minutes is better than five. But like also like it, it's, it's, it can be just a, like a, like a check mark. Like it can yeah. be a small thing. Five minutes of simple meditation is better than 40 minutes of hateful meditation. Mm-hmm. Cause oh. you want to, you want to look forward to it the next day. That's really okay. That's really good to keep in mind. So it's better to do it short so that you look forward to it when you get up the next morning, then do it really long, and then it feels like a mountain you got to climb. Okay, mm-hmm. so, and you can tell me if this you don't think is a helpful thought. In terms of short-term goals, my short-term goal would be to want to continue meditating. Mm-hmm. And that works? Uh, yeah, and then just meditate for five minutes at a time. Okay. Sit, sit for five minutes and meditate. And when it gets really boring, let it be boring. Watch the boring and just ask yourself, where, what, what, what is the quality of boredom? What does it feel like? Where am I feeling it? Where in my body is the boredom? How do I know that I'm feeling bored? Like investigate it, watch it, look closely at it. An interesting thing, because the boredom is just your brain telling you this sucks. I want to do something more fun. (laughs) Yep. Mm -hmm. So watch the boredom. All right. I think this all feels actionable and I'm I'm kind of excited to start trying. So if we started with me at a negative three, I think now I'm at positive three. Wow. Wow. I think I'm, 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 I'm looking forward to trying this. I'm, it's like a trepidation somewhere between positive two and positive three because I want it to be higher and I really want to, to be a meditator, but I'm excited to try again. Kiki, that was a polar transformation. You guys did it. We won. You, you, we won the game. You did it. <laughs> I would I would suggest, yeah, like keep it short and also um, challenge yourself to a certain period of time of okay. doing it every day. And then and then take stock after um, like a month is probably a good amount of time to like then take stock and see if you like feel any change in yourself or yeah. um, like and that's like also a manageable like put it on you put it on your calendar. So you can put a check mark in front of it. A, mon- a month is a good time to evaluate. And a good criterion for evaluation, uh, after a month, just check in. How how consumed am I by how I feel? How are my relationships with other people? Mm. How often do I feel generally, like, relatively okay? How, how you relate to other people is a big factor of how well you're meditating. It's not just I feel happy all the time. It's it, if I feel happy all the time, but everyone in my life hates me, <laughs> you're not meditating very no, well. No, you're 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 doing a bad. You're Trump. Uh, yeah. Or okay. you're doing Molly. Oh, or that's you're true. doing Molly, which is uh, awesome and a great kind of meditation. But you feel like <laughs> shit when it's done, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, Molly, I think, is a great transition. Kiki, do you have anything to plug? Uh, I perform at the Magnet Theater on Friday nights at 10 p.m. with Premiere, at the Pit on Wednesdays at 8 p.m. with Vern, and on most Thursdays at the Green Room 42 with Blank, the musical. Oh, you are killing it. Tell me about it. New York City musical improviser extraordinaire. Famed. <laughs> you have been famed I've been famed <laughs> Lewis do you have anything to plug I'll be doing Molly live on stage on Friday night oh my god can we have that show I'd like everyone to just bring different textures for me to touch <laughs> I'll be uh, I perform every Sunday at 7.30 with the great Rick Andrews and Cornfeld and Andrews we do very slow patient improvisation mm. please come check it out that, that's that's the effect we're going for <laughs> and no, we don't want laughs we just want mm, yeah <laughs> Sweet spot. Yeah, exactly. Ooh. Uh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and that's at the Magnet Theater. Thank you for reminding me. Yes, of course. No problem. Uh, I would like to plug uh, You Are Not Alone, an uplifting show about depression. The next one, I believe, is Thursday, June 13th at the Magnet Theater at 830. Uh, I will not be there because I'll be in the Adirondack Mountains having fun, but uh, you will be there and you will have fun. Do it.
I'm, I dare you. Also, if you uh, are enjoying this show, why don't you share it on social media? Tag it. And if you do, I will say your name and something that I like about you. Like WB Dowler. I like that you, WB Dowler, you sound like a classier version of Michigan J. Frog, the, the frog from the WB. Uh, I hey, like that too. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, a little, and you're not a gaslighter like that fucking frog. Uh, habeas humor. I like that. Uh, it seems like you find humor in laws, uh, which is good because right now they're horrifying. And lovely SL13. I love that you're just doing you. You're an enigma. You're great. Uh, Kiki, Lewis, thank you guys so much for joining me. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you. Aw, guys, we're all thanked. And uh, just a very pleasant keep on minding. Namaste. Namaste. Mm.